The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the Winter Weekly Wrap from Hawkeye's Mike. This podcast focuses on Iowa men's and women's basketball, as well as wrestling, plus updates on Hawkeye's football. You'll hear regularly from Iowa's head coaches and student-athletes, as well as sports reporters and special guests. This week's show, Football Quick Hits, we take a look at Iowa's new quarterback coach. He's a familiar face to Hawkeye fans. Ken O'Keefe returns to Iowa City. You'll hear from both Kirk and and Ken. In men's basketball the week on the court, you'll hear from Fran McCaffrey. Same is true for women's basketball. Lisa Bluter has some comments. And in wrestling, Tyler Chumlin's on the mat, looks back at the dual wins over Wisconsin and Minnesota, and looks ahead to the Big Ten duel this Sunday versus Nebraska on Senior Day. Hawkeye's Mike programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. Big news this past week on the Iowa football front. Former offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Ken O'Keefe returns to the program in the role of quarterbacks coach. He will certainly be a comfortable fit for Kirk Ferentz. He will help mentor Brian Ferentz in Brian's new role as the offensive coordinator, and he should help quite a bit in revitalizing the Iowa passing attack in particular and help Brian Ferentz reach his goal of restoring balance to Iowa's offense. O'Keefe was offensive coordinator and QB coach from 1999 to 2011. He does bring a wealth of college and most recently NFL experience. During his 11 seasons on the Iowa staff, the Hawkeyes were in the top 10 in final season rankings four different times. And four of those were the top seasons in Iowa history in terms of average passing yards per game. Now, as most Iowa fans will concur, the Iowa passing game was, well, shall we say, very challenged under offensive coordinator. Greg Davis. Wide receivers weren't developing. There were limited deep routes and limited deep threats. While O'Keefe has developed some of the top quarterbacks in Iowa history, Kyle McCann, Brad Banks, Nathan Chandler, Drew Tate, Ricky Stanzi, even James Vandenberg before the arrival of Davis, O'Keefe did have some criticism in his days here previously that the Iowa quarterbacks weren't developing sufficiently into and through their senior seasons. But this will be his singular focus now going forward things should get better. Here's what Kirk Ferentz had to say on O'Keefe's hire as the new quarterback coach. Everybody uh, that knows follow Iowa football, you know, Ken's just an outstanding person. So that, that's a real plus for us. You know, beyond that, uh, his depth of experience, his wealth of experience, not only, you know, in terms of the positions that he's held, but also uh, the various levels he's coached at. To me, that's just really uh, attractive and beneficial. And that you know, leads into the next point to me. He's just going to be an outstanding resource for everybody on our staff. Um, 
myself. Uh, he, he was a guy I leaned the hardest on uh, 18 years ago. He had extensive head coaching experience uh, when we came here. And uh, so I was leaning on him hard. But I think now just everybody on our staff is going to have a chance to really benefit from his wealth of experience, you know, on every level. So really happy about that. And then really what it gets down to, you know, he's just uh, not only an outstanding person, but he's a tremendous teacher, tremendous coach. And he's got demonstrated success, certainly, at the, the task that uh, that he's accepted. And that's coaching our quarterbacks. And here's what Ken O'Keefe said on his return to the Iowa staff as the QB coach. It's great to be back. I'm excited personally. Joanne, my wife, is excited. You know, this is a place where we raised our family, obviously, and had 13 great years. I'd be part of this great tradition again, coaching with uh, one of the best coaches in, in uh, Division One football and uh, have an opportunity to uh, work with this staff. Uh, again, is uh, is very unique and uh, very exciting as well. It's It's been, you know, it, it's been good. I'm looking forward to finding my way around, getting to know the players, and uh, taking it from there. It was a pretty easy decision. You know, we got a great friend that, you know, uh, called and asked about uh, the interest. I've known Brian since he's that high. Uh, you know, I look I look forward to getting uh, told what to do by him now, which, you know, it's, it won't just be my wife telling me what to do. Now, you know, he'll be able to help with that chore as well. You know, I think it's a unique, unique opportunity at this stage in my career, and uh, it, it's awesome for me to be able to get back on the field and, and work with the quarterbacks again. O'Keefe also made some comments on the dynamic between him and new offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. I think it'll be uh, I, I think it'll be awesome. You know, I mean, I understand. You know, I know I know him pretty well. I understand his personality. He understands. You know, he mine. You know, I've I've coached him before. We've known each other for a long, long time. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I don't think I'll be coaching Brian in his new position. It's uh, you're looking at a guy who spent four years with the New England Patriots, one of the best football minds, you know, maybe the best football mind ever, you know, in uh, Bill Belichick. And uh, five years here as the line coach, I mean, I wish I had that base when I was his age to, uh, you know, to, you know, jump in and start going. Uh, you know, he's absolutely ready to do whatever, you know, whatever he needs to do with this with his position as offensive coordinator. I just need to be concerned about, you know, making sure the guys that I'm coaching are doing what they're supposed to be doing and whatever Brian wants me to do, obviously, needs to get done as well. And then, obviously, whatever Kirk wants done, you know, it's it, nothing's different. I'm in the de-evolution of my, uh, de-evolution of my career. You know, I've, I've, I've been the head coach, the coordinator, and now I'm, you know, position coach. Pretty soon I'll be a GA again. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings. Moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. <laughs> On the court this past week in Iowa men's basketball, the team should have gone 2-0. Should have been the operative terms there. It started out with a very good game last Sunday at home versus a tough Nebraska team. The Cornhuskers had beaten the Hawks in double overtime earlier this season in Lincoln. Iowa won 81-70. It was a very balanced offense, a very unselfish team. Four players finished in double figures in that game. Jordan Bohannon had 15, including four of six from beyond 
beyond the arc. Tyler Cook, 13. Brady Ellingson, 11. And he continues to develop into a very nice player for the Hawkeyes. And Peter Jack returned after missing the two previous games with a back injury. He scored 12 points, but very importantly, had five assists. Then the Hawkeyes traveled to Minnesota on Wednesday, where they lost a heartbreaker in double overtime, 101-89. However, that game should have been over in regulation. The Big Ten officials, and they didn't have a great game overall, blew the end of regulation when they failed to recognize a clear Iowa timeout and instead called a jump ball. That cost Iowa the possession with the lead and likely the win. That's a tough loss to take, especially under those circumstances. Replays clearly showed timeout being called, and it also showed the Gophers player who was credited with getting the jump ball is standing with one foot out of bounds. Nevertheless, in his second game back after his back injury, Peter Jack was terrific. He scored 28 points, and Isaiah Moss had another very nice game. He hit for 19 points, and Jordan Bohannon again continues to excel in his role as point guard and a true freshman. He tossed in 12 points in Minneapolis. The Hawkeyes are now 14-11 and 11 overall, 6-6 six and six in Big Ten play. There's just one game upcoming this week, Saturday at Michigan State. The Spartans always tough in East Lansing. That's a 5 p.m. game televised on the Big Ten Network. Here's what Fran McCaffrey had to say on the growth he saw in his team during the two games Peter Jock missed with his back injury. I think just trusting everybody, trusting each other, you know, moving the ball around, sharing the ball. We, we, we mixed up post scores jump shots, penetration, getting to the free throw line. We mixed mixed motion and continuity and set plays, you know, which ultimately makes you harder to guard. You know, when teams prepare to play us, you know, typically, you know, you start with the with the starting five and Brady's been one of our best players lately, so you got to talk about him and Cordell's coming off the bench and he's he's a handful and he just kind of keep going. Dom Yule's getting healthier. So that's that's the team we have and that's what we have to execute with taking advantage of all the different pieces that we have and and kind of blending them together and get them to sort of trust one another and support one another. Next up, Tyler Chemelin's on the mat on Hawkeyes Wrestling. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. time for On the Mat on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm your host Tyler Chumlin at Tyler Chumlin on Twitter. The Hawkeyes 8-2 and two thus far this season with losses to number one and number two Oklahoma State and Penn State respectively. Last week, the first time Iowa wrestled two duels in three days since early January. The Wisconsin and Minnesota duels on Friday and Sunday. A little tougher challenge than Michigan. Michigan State did the last time the Hawkeyes went two duels in three days. Number three Hawkeyes picked up a dominant duel win Friday night over number 16 Wisconsin. 30 
83 to 8 and then dominated early and then it evened out a little bit later on in route to a 27 to 11 dual victory over number 13 Minnesota Sunday in Minneapolis. The 10 and 2 Hawkeyes have Indiana on the road this Friday night and then come home for a regular season bout with number 5 Nebraska at Carver Hawkeye Arena. That's going to wrap up the Big 10 schedule for the Hawkeyes. NWCA duels coming up here um, in about a month and then we look at the Big 10 tournament and the NCAA's. At 125, number 1 Thomas Gilman scored a major decision over Jens Lance on Friday against Wisconsin. 21 to 8 was the final in that one, but the real fireworks were Sunday for Gilman in a match versus number 3 Ethan Lizak. Gilman scored a takedown to start, but after a couple of near fall points for Lizak, 8 to 2 Gilman was trailing heading into the third period. Gilman selected to go neutral with the Minnesota sophomore. Kind of appeared that Gilman thought he had the conditioning advantage. I'm not real sure what the play there was. Uh, Tom Brands was asked after this. They thought about going neutral in the second period. Gilman scored a pair of takedowns in the third period, cut the score to 10 to 6. Gilman found himself in a favorable position, scooped the head. Lizak on his back, tension building. Gilman trying to lock it up, trying to hold it. He's got Lizak on his back, tightens it up. Ref slaps the mat. Gilman goes wild. The crowd goes dead silent. The Minnesota fans, the Hawkeye fans go crazy. Gilman pins number six, Lizak, after trailing 8 to 2. Just the spark Iowa needed after winning the first four matches by bonus points and then losing the next two matches in the dual meet. Gilman had an unbelievable match. Unbelievable take afterwards. He references a podcast talking about military stuff earlier in the week. Here's the senior Thomas Gilman, 125 pounder, after coming back and pinning number six Ethan Lizak in the Minnesota dual meet. Yeah, um, got to stop the bleeding. And I stopped the bleeding and I knew once I got away, um, I was going to be alright. Um, actually, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was kind of military oriented and the first thing it talked about was uh, when you're in a fire fight and casualties are occurring casualties don't matter the only thing that matters is where the fire is coming from and so I wasn't worried about the casualties which were points and I was just worried about where the fire was coming from and that was him you know pulling me back sucking me out getting those points so I just had to you know get my wits and get out and I knew once I got back on my feet he wasn't going to take me down again I could wear him out and then uh, you know look for that that quick fall here said coach Tom Brands on Gilman's win and that was my error I went defer and we should have went both up but you never know I mean maybe wrestling five minutes and being both up is better than wrestling three minutes and being both up. So who knows? But made an adjustment, Gilman did. In the, on the bottom in the second period, he didn't sit back. And the thing is, is that guy wants you to kind of scramble and look for the head because when you look for the head, you're getting extended. And then that leg's coming in on the whatever side it's coming in. And then, um, you know, on the left side there. And then you're getting extended and he's pulling you back. And it's one of those puzzles that you got to solve. And you got to solve it in quick time. Great wrestlers make adjustments over the course of a match. Good wrestlers make adjustments over the course of a practice. Okay, wrestlers make adjustments over the course of a season. Gilman made adjustments during that match and then he picked up on the fatigue factor. So we got a reversal at the end of the second. Uh, we go both up and then the only thing is, is you know, make the adjustment with a quicker release and me- realizing that that guy can dive in and lock his hands and we were kind of looking for those points from behind and that guy was going to milk that clock and the referee can't call an escape when you're behind him. And then uh, just a good pack. Just a good pack on a position where, you know, you're in there and you work on it on on uh, on uh, occasions for this, that, or the other thing, and then all of a sudden in a big match it happens. And I believe we were ahead anyway after the four near fall. You know, it would have been maybe, I don't know, either 12-10 maybe. I'm not even sure what the score was, but we were steamrolling. Couldn't let him slow us down. Good job by Gilman. Gilman gets number five, Tim Lambert, on Sunday when the Hawks wrestle Nebraska. Uh, Gilman's kind of had Lambert's lum- number lately. Uh, actually, for a while now, he's defeated him worse and worse progressively kind of over time each time they've wrestled. Gilman won 13-4 in dominant fashion over Lambert in the Midlands Championship match. At 
33, number four, Corey Clark, back in the lineup Sunday last week after missing another dual meet Friday against Wisconsin. Philip Lauk stepped in, wrestled well for Iowa in Clark's absence, though. Uh, got a big win over Stickley from Wisconsin, 6-2. to two. Clark bounced back from injury, uh, looked he looked okay on Sunday, beating number 17, Mitch McKee from Minnesota, 10-3. to three. Possible tough test coming up this weekend. I would imagine Brands will go with Lauk's Friday night against Garrett Peppel for Indiana, but it could be a nice little tune-up match for Clark. Clark's supposed to have number five, Montoya from Nebraska on Sunday. Should be interesting to see what the coaching staff does this weekend. What's more important? getting good matches in before postseason wrestling or being completely healthy. If Clark is, Clark is completely healthy, which is obviously the goal, he probably doesn't need Sunday's matchup with Montoya. They really can't avoid setbacks at this point in time, but again, a matchup with a good wrestler could be exactly what the doctor ordered for Corey Clark to keep on going. Uh, here's Philip Laux on the win at Carver uh, this last Friday uh, when he beat Stickley 6-2 for Wisconsin at 133. Uh, win's a win, and it was good, but not the way I wanted wanted to win, got to score takedowns, got to convert leg attacks, um, get out on bottom, so a lot to improve on, but it's a step moving forward. 141, number 17, Topher Carton, down number 16, Cole Martin, 9-1, flurry of points for Topher Carton, got the major decision against Wisconsin. Things looked really, really good for Topher Carton after Friday's matchup. The duel Sunday pitted Carton against number 12, Tommy Thorne. Another great opportunity, good opportunity for seeding for Carton. Thorne, just too much for him. Defeated him 3-2, another tough, close match for Topher Carton. He's going to get Cole Weaver from Indiana, and then um, he should probably get a win in that match, and then he'll get number 10, Colton McChrystal from Nebraska, who hasn't lost in the Big Ten regular season, uh, with wins over Thorne and Gulaban, two wrestlers who beat Topher Carton earlier this year. 149, number 4, Brandon Sorensen got the decision over Kane of Wisconsin uh, last Friday, 9-5, to scored bonus points and major decision victory, 13-2 to over Kingsley in Minnesota. He'll wrestle Chris Perez of Indiana Friday, and then Colin Perrinson from Nebraska. Should be two wins, should be a good jumping off point, trying to continue getting bonus points for Brandon Sorensen. At 157, the number 2 wrestler, Michael Kemmer pinned Sharon Brock in 55 seconds from Wisconsin, then snagged a major decision over number nine, Jake Short in the Minnesota duel, winning 13-5. to That was one of those uh, first four matches in which Iowa got bonus points in all four of them. Kemmer's kind of been on fire since losing to Jason Nolf of Penn State. Uh, Indiana's going to throw out unranked Jake Danishek versus Kemmer, uh, but the redshirt freshman, he's going to have a rematch in the Midlands Championship with number three, Tyler Berger, coming up on Sunday. That'll be the matchup that everybody will be looking at that Nebraska meet. Kemmer won that match in the second tiebreaker, should be an excellent 157 pound bout. 165, number 17, Joey Gunther wrestled a fantastic match against number three, Isaac Jordan, in the Wisconsin duel last Friday. I thought he was going to pull the upset. I think a lot of other people thought he was going to pull the upset. Took Jordan to sudden victory, but Jordan prevails on a takedown in the sudden victory period. Gunther, another great matchup Sunday with number 15, Nick Wanzak. Gunther pulls out the decision 5-2 to two over the ranked foe. Gunther moved into the rankings this year for the first time, so that's good for Gunther. He'll get Bryce Martin from Indiana, and then he should get Dustin Williams in Nebraska. Nebraska. Williams beat Gunther, if you remember back to the Midlands in the Constellation bracket 5-2. Bryce Martin beat Williams when they wrestled in the duel last week, so great chance for Gunther to score two big wins for Iowa and improve his seeding even further coming up in the Big Ten Championships coming up in a couple weeks. 174, number 11, Alex Meyer defeated Christensen from Wisconsin 11-3 and Chris Farr from Minnesota 10-1. Pair of major decisions and three wins in a row after losing to Crutchmore of Oklahoma State. Kind of puts Meyer exactly where he wants to be. He's 
one of those guys, as we say all the time about a lot of wrestlers, he's really got a peak at the right time, and it kind of appears like he's doing that exactly what he needs to. So he should get Skatska from Indiana in the duel, and then he'll either get Micah Barnes um, or possibly nobody since they forfeited last week. I'm in a couple duel meets as well. Barnes had disappointing seasons so far. He qualified for the NCAAs last year, but he really hasn't been the same wrestler that we saw last year thus far this year. 184, number five, Sammy Brooks pinned Ritter from Wisconsin in 454 and scored bonus points with a major decision 10-2 over Steveson in Minnesota Sunday. Brooks has a tough weekend coming up, though. One of the toughest weekends of all the Hawkeyes. Great chance for him to improve his postseason seating. Number seven, Nate Jackson from Indiana on Friday, and then he gets number three, TJ Dudley from Nebraska on Sunday. Brooks and Dudley have a history. If you remember last year at the Big Ten Championships, Brooks beat Dudley, but Dudley placed second at the NCAAs. He beat Brooks in the quarterfinals. Should be a good weekend to watch Sammy Brooks try to get a couple big wins for the Hawkeyes. 197, Cash Wilkie wrestled and beat Mason Reinhardt for Wisconsin, but he was taken out of the lineup for Mitch Bowman against Minnesota. Now, we knew on Friday after the meet was over that Cash Wilkie was going to sit on Sunday. Interesting turn of events. Tom Brand's going with someone else at 197, maybe trying to send a message to Cash Wilkie, but he also referenced taking some of these freshmen along a little slower than you normally would see with guys this late in the season, which I think is a smart idea. Bowman, he ended up with, uh, he wrestled number two, Brett Farr, got tech fall 19-4 to in the match on Sunday. Another weight class where it's really going to be interesting to see what he does, uh, he, he being Tom Brands, with a similar situation as last week. Winnable match against Indiana Friday, but a tough match with number six, Studebaker from Nebraska, coming up on Sunday. Final weight class, heavyweight, Sam Stoll out for the year. Iowa appears to have landed on Stephen Holloway necessarily to carry the torch, the freshman at heavyweight, but Tom Brands decided to mix things up last week. I wrestled Ferrum Brantley against number two, Connor Medbury of Wisconsin. Medbury won by Tech Fall 16 to 1. Then Brands said on Friday after the meet that he was going to go with Holloway against Michael Krails from Minnesota, the number eight, eight ranked wrestler. Holloway wrestled well enough to avoid bonus points, but ultimately Krails won that match 7 to 0. Is Brands going to continue to mix it up at heavyweight this weekend? I'm not really sure. I would imagine they're going to continue to try and bring Holloway along very similarly to how they're bringing along Cash Wilkie and Corey Clark for that matter, but for different reasons, obviously. Whoever wrestles is going to get Fletcher Miller from Indiana and then number 14, Colin Jensen from Nebraska. Here's Tom Brands on what he's seen from Stephen Holloway thus far this season with the freshman stepping in there with Sam Stoll going out with injury. Uh, you know, here's the thing. He's coming along. He's he's a light heavyweight, but he also has some serious strength where you know, he can use an underhook. He can, he can get underneath you and pick you up. And you saw him pick the guy up from behind even though he got a little extended there. But we got to keep working on it. He's a babe in the woods, but um, he's making progress. Hawkeyes victorious over number 16 Wisconsin, 33 to 8, and then won against number 13 Minnesota, 27 to 11. This past week, this weekend they get they get unranked Indiana on Friday night on the road, and then Iowa travels back to Iowa City for the final dual meet of the season. Number five Nebraska at number three Iowa coming up this Sunday. This has been on the mat on Hawkeyes Mike. I'm Tyler Chumlin. <laughs> Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook.
was another mixed week for women's basketball on the court. They suffered a tough loss last Sunday at Michigan 72-70, but even more importantly, point guard and team spark plug Tania Davis went down with a serious knee injury with about four minutes to play in that game. The Hawkeyes had led most of the contest. In fact, had been in control. Backup point guard Kathleen Doyle then fouled out, and Michigan came back to eke out a two-point win in the last few seconds. Iowa scrambled to overcome the loss of Davis for the rest of this year, likely much of the preseason next fall as well. True freshman Kathleen Doyle now assumes the starting point guard role, and also true freshman Kenzie Meyer will now back her up as well as play the two guard. The Hawkeyes did overcome that adversity last night to defeat Michigan State at home in overtime, 87-83. It was a thriller. It was a critical game for the Hawkeyes. Michigan State was just ahead of them in the Big Ten standings and in RPI. The win moved Iowa up in both of those categories, and it potentially could be very important for Big Ten and NCAA tournament possibilities. Allie Disterhoff was terrific. 25 points, 12 rebounds, played a whopping 41 minutes. Kathleen Doyle played well as the new point guard starting. 12 points, 42 minutes. Mackenzie Meyer stepped up. She hit a career-high 14 points in 35 minutes. And Iowa also got solid play from Chase Coley, who hit for 10 points, and as usual, from Megan Gustafson, who tossed in 18. It was about everything Lisa Bluter could have hoped for. The Hawkeyes are now 15-9 overall. They are 6-5 in conference play. They return to action this Sunday at Ohio State. That'll be another tough game. It's an 11 a.m. tip-off on the Big Ten Network. Then they're back in action at Carver Hawkeye Arena on Thursday versus Northwestern. That's a 7 p.m. tip, also on the Big Ten Network. Here's what Lisa Bluter had to say on the loss of Davis before the Michigan State game. The loss of Tanaya for the rest of this year and, and part of next year is a blow to our team and one that we are uh, wish we had more time to adjust to, but we don't. You know, we have two practices to get ready to face a really good basketball team, you know, without our leader. And uh, that's tough. You know, I think Tanaya was kind of, she's kind of the backbone of our team as far as, you know, her communication on the floor and being the point guard and the person with the ball in her hands the very most. And so that's hard, but I do feel confident. Um, you know, Kathleen Doyle has played that position for us this year at times. She's played it all of her high school career. So obviously, you know, moving Kathleen to that position is 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 good, that we have a, a good person that can take that over. Uh, but obviously you lose depth. I mean, Tanaya, you know, is our third leading scorer in the team. You know, she was third in rebounding, ironically. Our point guard was the third best rebounder on our team. She was best in assists. She was, you know, our best free throw shooter. And it's just the perimeter defensive player and, and losing that depth, that's going to be hard to adjust to. And it certainly was hard during the end of that Michigan game. And here's what Bluter said after the win over Michigan State and about the play of her true freshman. Very thankful for this win. Very thankful for the women, just how hard they focused and came through in these two practices to prepare for this game. Uh, we knew how important this game was and, you know, starting three freshmen and one sophomore, one senior out there. They were amazing. I thought Allie really let them well tonight. Uh, you know, she's a double-double. She does a great job. Five people in double figures. I love that. You know, free throws, obviously. We shot the ball really well from free throws and Max performance at the free throw line was, was pretty amazing at crunch time. So just a lot of players really stepped up big. You know, Breeze three to start the overtime. Then Allie comes down and makes a three. That was big. Really good momentum and 10 out of 12 free throws in overtime. So just really proud of the way a young team responded in this pressure situation. I'm really proud. This freshman class is, is really talented and it just, it bodes well for the future, but I, I don't want to look 
look to the future. I, I don't want to look to, you know, Sunday and, and just keep building their confidence because they're so good and just let them, you know, keep making some freshman mistakes and not getting too wigged out about it, but, you know, trying to just uh, enjoy the opportunity to be out there with them every day in practice because they come every day wanting to get better in practice. And that's exactly what you have to do. Thanks to Tyler Chemelin for his On the Mat Wrestling Report and to Iowa's coaches and student-athletes. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting Iowa athletics for 10 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes, all the time, on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.